freedom at last. <laughs> Andrew Tate has made a career from controversy. I've never had trouble with a woman obeying me. She just wants to. A self-described misogynist, he's amassed a significant fan base by claiming that women are the property of men and that violence against them can be acceptable. When I come home to my chick, the last thing I want to do is have to handle anything. I want her to just sit the fuck down and her make me happy. Online influencer Andrew Tate's vile misogyny infiltrates our classrooms and society. He's paired these ideas with a self-help ethos based on discipline, health and wealth accumulation. His supporters are predominantly young men, but not all of them. I'm, I'm actually a big fan of Andrew Tate. The online influencer has an unlikely following among a small group of women. Welcome to the iPodcast. This week, we'll be looking at why Tate's brand of 21st century misogyny is attracting some women to its cause. We're joined by Chief Features writer Kasia Delgado, who's been talking to some of his female supporters, and later we'll be hearing from one of his unlikely fans. Kasia, firstly, for listeners who may not know much about him, can you give us a sort of potted history of Andrew Tate? So he is a self-styled lifestyle guru who rose to fame on TikTok largely and started telling young boys particularly that they are not being looked after by the government, they are not being cared for in society, masculinity is in crisis, and they deserve better. And these videos have massively appealed to millions of mostly young men across the world, really, but in Britain and America, across Europe. And that's how he came to be so famous. And we also heard from him in 2016, he went on Big Brother in the UK and he was kicked off because a video emerged of him hitting a woman with a belt. And both he and the woman denied that there was any abuse. But after that, lots more videos emerged, lots more accusations, all of which he denies. He's a very controversial character for that reason. So what kind of people follow him? You mentioned he's mainly appealing to young men. What's the kind of typical Andrew Tate fan base? Sort of maybe a 14 to 16 year old living in the UK. He might think, right, you know, I'm a bit fed up with school. The government doesn't really care about me that much. This guy seems to be, he calls himself a hustler. He works hard. He seems to have amazingly fast cars, really beautiful girlfriends. He's sort of an aspirational figure. And actually, mm. I'd quite like to be like him. So boys who maybe feel a bit lost. But actually, there's a massive range, as I've discovered, of people who just like what he's talking about, which is going back to simple values, traditional values. He's got these tenets that are called the 41 commandments. And they're... It's quite a lot, isn't a it? A lot, yeah, More than in, in the Bible. More than God's own. More than God's own. And they are things like, I like virtuous women, men should protect themselves and their families, things like that, which sort of sound very vague and potentially kind of appealing. But when you get deeper, you realise that what he's purporting is a very different lifestyle. So is the appeal that kind of traditional lifestyle, maybe a simplification of some of the sort of changes we've seen to gender roles, expectations, that kind of thing? I think that's exactly what it is. And I think to lots of young men, they want to understand what the world is about. They want to understand what's going on. And there's something very seductive 
in the simplicity of what he's saying to them. Mm. And it's easy for us who read so much and are part of the media and are consuming so much of the mainstream media to think, oh, but he's clearly a misogynist. These horrendous things he said about women and how you can beat them with belts and how they should be stuck at home in the kitchen and all of these homophobic things he said, we know about that. But actually, if you're a young boy, you've been fed the algorithm on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram of him just saying, men, you deserve better. You're great. Aspire to work harder. That kind of thing. It, it kind of makes them think, OK, there's a good role model in a world where perhaps there aren't that many role models for them otherwise. And maybe some of those less controversial statements are a gateway, right? Like potentially people are engaging with him initially in that kind of aspirational, you know, wealth generating way. And then possibly moving on to some of the, the darker corners of what he's saying. Exactly, because on the surface, lots of it doesn't seem that difficult, that controversial, that provocative. And I've spoken to some teachers who have said that boys at their school will say, but miss, it's fine. He's just talking about how women need to be protected. He's just saying that men are in trouble. Masculinity is in crisis. It's not a big deal. He just works hard. So it is a gateway. And that's why it's so difficult and worrying, I think, for lots of teachers and parents because really they haven't seen what's really going on on a deeper level. I think we can pick up from some of the things that we've talked about already. Very quickly, you can see that his statements seem to be at odds with what most women would want to engage with, i.e. acceptance of violence against women, statements about women's role being at home or being the property of their husband. So I think lots of listeners will be surprised to learn that there are women following him. I was really surprised because. One of the main things I know about him, and I've seen this video where he says that women should bear some responsibility for being sexually assaulted. So to know that about him and then to realise that there are quite a lot of women who support him is really surprising. I tried to make contact with lots of them. I searched for positive statements about Andrew Tate online and I ended up contacting really a lot, maybe 50 women. And a few of them got back to me and said, yeah, he's misunderstood. You're not understanding why he's so great. All of the things that you think about him being misogynistic, violence, they're all taken out of context. They just don't believe that he said any of those things and they believe that that's just the powers that be trying to mess with him and silence him. And they said he is representative of a simpler time, a simpler life, traditional values where men are men, women are women, everyone knows where they stand. And he's speaking the truth. He's into working out. He's into fast cars. What's wrong with that? And he works hard and he's rich. It seems so seductive to lots of kids and teenagers. And I think the same for women. So they think, well, actually, he's just saying that men are great. They deserve more. I think that if I have a man like that, I'll be loved. I'll be protected. I can be a virtuous woman. It just seems simple to them. But it is really hard to understand for someone who doesn't believe that. But they seem completely compelled and taken in by this idea. Well, let's hear from one of those. You spoke to Julia. Tell us a bit about Julia just before we hear what she's got to say. Julia is a 25-year-old nurse living in Germany and she was one of the people celebrating Andrew Tate's freedom from jail last week where he was released after being arrested for allegations for human trafficking, rape and forming criminal gangs to exploit women. He denies all those allegations. And she was really excited about his freedom and she said to me that actually we've all misunderstood him We've taken his violence and misogyny out of context and that he is a truth teller. So that's how she believes he functions in the world as a kind of freedom of speech guru. 
Well, this is what Julia had to say. Hey, what's up everyone? It's me, Julia, and I am supporting Andrew Tate. So how did you discover Andrew Tate in the first place? I found out about Andrew Tate through social media like YouTube or other platforms. At the time, he was all over everyone's For You page. And I come across a lot of videos of him expressing his opinions, which just naturally I could connect with, as I believed obviously in the same things even before hearing him talk about them. So luckily I wasn't one of these uh, woke people and could decipher the difference between Andrew being serious about a topic and saying things for just a reaction. And why do you think it is that Andrew Tate is so incredibly popular with all of these people in all these different countries? I believe Andrew gained so much popularity because he says things other people are afraid to say, like things that people have believed in but didn't want to publicly say it because the weak-minded people will be out there standing with their pitchforks, you know what I'm saying? So the thing is, a lot of things that Andrew says aren't foreign to a lot of people. They have already been thoughts in people's minds for many, many years. But like I said before, for the sake of an easy drama-free life, people just kept quiet. What is it about Andrew Tate that you find so compelling that has drawn you to him? Why is it that he is the person you want to follow? So with Andrew gaining so much growth in a quick time, he was able to speak for everyone who already believed his views. This gave people like me or young men confidence to believe in their views more, which led to people actually changing their lives for the better. Like, for example, I remember the real world. He's been teaching people out there how to make money outside the matrix. He has so much life experience. He's spitting so many facts always and always. So yeah, he's also a role model for many young men out there. They do look up to him. I feel like he generally cares about people improving their lives. And even though to some he may come across harsh with his messages, but in my opinion, this is the best way to make people realize things. When people say to you, But Andrew Tate is a misogynist. He's subscribing to violence against women. He's not the great man you think he is. What do you say to those people? How do you defend this man, Andrew Tate, who you feel so strongly about? I don't react in an offended tone or manner, I would say. I react with, what makes you think that? And let me tell you something. 99% of the time they tell me about some out-of-the-context TikTok that was made to make him look bad with no proof behind it. And I mean, no once has anyone who's told me he's a bad man done any research. So when I tell them the stories behind the videos, they just look at me stunned and stutter and just say, I just don't like him. (laughs) He's such a misogynist and he's a bad man. So, I mean, people don't want to believe something that they have been against for so long could be wrong, but when it doesn't fit their agenda, 
they refuse point blank to intake any other information, right? The issues these days, in my opinion, is everyone is so tunnel vision, believing someone on Twitter with, I don't know, nine followers making up lies or exaggerating things they know nothing about. I personally, gotta say, have always been the type to research or want to see evidence of things before I make up my mind. So, yeah. People will show you the same dumb videos all over and all over again. Made to make him look bad as the evidence that some 14-year-old made in his bedroom. It's absolutely pathetic. Now, Julia isn't the only woman who's fallen under Tate's spell. And we'll hear more about them after the break. Digging into the latest social trends to bring clarity to our readers is what we do every day at I. To keep up to date with our news and features, consider a subscription. Go to inews.co.uk forward slash podcast and get more than 30% off a digital subscription to I. I for Open Minds. Subscribe today. Kasha, when you're doing an interview like that, how do you reflect on Julia's ideas and what she's saying to you? I tried to think about how maybe if I had a very different worldview and I had perhaps had a different past or a different life experience, I might somehow be drawn to this idea of a simple life. Women who just get married and they're submissive to their husbands. I can completely understand how you could get there. Mm. in a very different mindset. Mm. Um, I think it also needs to be looked at in the context of movements like the trad wife, which has become a big thing on social media in the last few years. It is kind of part of the alt-right movement, and there are lots of white supremacists who feel this too. But the idea is that husbands need to be kept happy, wives go back to the kitchen, choice is not really important. We just do what happened in the 1950s. And while that seems terrifying to me, I can see that for some people, there's some kind of clear line. They're not confused. Men's masculinity doesn't seem so in crisis. Feminism, that's a very complicated thing for people. And I think to say, do you know what? Do away with feminism. Just go back to what it used to be like. I think some people are really drawn to that. And that's what I kept trying to tell myself, even though it's really hard still to sympathize Mm. with. And there's other women that you've spoken to as well who are really attracted to this idea of Andrew Tate. What other arguments are you getting as well as this kind of focus on simplicity? I wonder if it helps women make sense of their own identities. I think so. There was one who told me that she had had a relationship with somebody who claimed to be liberal and, as you were saying, quote, sort of woke and feminist. And then she was really hurt by him. And I think it had a massive effect on her. And I don't know what else had happened in her life. But somehow the idea of an Andrew Tate style man who, you know where you stand in theory, according to his tenets, you would just be looked after. Mm. You'd have to cook for him. You'd have to keep him happy. Done. And I think there's a lot of probably trauma and relationship complexity that leads to something like that. There was also quite a few women who told me that it aligned with their more fundamentalist Muslim upbringing, Mm. which is a whole nother complicated issue. And of course, you know, the majority of Muslims in this country would say that that has nothing to do with Islam. 
But for some people, they have sort of used that to exacerbate any underlying sort of traditions that they may have subscribed to or been taught to live by when they were growing up. And Andrew Tate, cynically like leaders of some might say a cult or multi-level marketing schemes or pyramid schemes or any of those things, they will kind of go where the tide is. So he converted to Islam recently because he'll get millions, if not billions, more followers mm. based on that. And it chimes with something in some people's lives. It's very populist, isn't it? Very populist. And you can tell that with someone like that, he'll move where the wind goes and yeah. the dogma will shift according to what's happening. Andrew Tate, as well as being controversial online and having a social media presence, is also facing some very serious charges. Tell us a bit about the legal picture that he's in at the moment. So he's been released from jail for now. But this week, also, three women have come forward to say that they are suing him for sexual assault. And those allegations he denies. But that will lead potentially to a, a whole new case. It'll be civil, a civil case. So he's under a lot of scrutiny and it's not as if now everything's fine. He's under that scrutiny. His business model, he had this thing called Hustlers University where he was making a lot of money and it was sort of, he'd make money from people posting about him and that was a kind of pyramid scheme. So those videos would flood the internet. He'd make millions, he said. And that's how he got so rich. Then there's TikTok, from which he was banned for a while, Twitter, from which he was banned. So he's constantly in a state of flux, always trying new things. And now he's back, which has made him even more of a martyr to the people who loved him. And some of the women I spoke to said, clearly, because he denies these allegations, he is innocent. And therefore, it's all a way for the matrix, which is what he calls the powers that be, mainstream media, politicians, anyone in power. He calls them the Matrix because they are trying to silence him because he's a free speaker. He's a free thinker. He's not subscribing to the ideas that the rest of us might be. And he's seen through the looking glass. It sounds like quite a lot of whether him or his followers crosses over with conspiracy theories. There's a huge amount of that. And that's the other thing a lot of the women I spoke to were saying no, you don't understand. Like, none of this is true. All the things people are saying about him are not true. Everyone's trying to shut him down because he is this guru. He's a kind of hero to them, I guess. And the thing is, the more he's banned from social media, the more allegations that are brought against him, and the more times people see him coming out of a courtroom, the more of a hero he becomes to mm. them. Because it's just proof that he's being shut down. Mm. And actually, he is the true leader and mm. we're all just completely brainwashed. Mm. When in reality, you might say that the people subscribing to him without any kind of questions about his true intentions are perhaps the ones being brainwashed. I'm spotting some crossovers here really with the recent picture for Trump because I've been reporting a lot on his situation similarly facing legal cases, which his supporters similarly claim is a kind of deep state conspiracy to shut him down. I mean, there's definitely crossover in those two kind of trends and, and social groups, right? Absolutely. And I think what both those men, although very different, have in common is that they need the attention to survive, to thrive. And the more attention we give them because they are controversial and mired in legal difficulties and challenges, I think they love that. And Andrew Tate definitely would not have got to the point he's got to without people tweeting about him being outraged by him. So it's a really complicated thing, isn't it? Because mm. what do you do? Ignore someone that will take the life out of them. But at the same time, 
we need to know about him. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think what I find really interesting about Andrew Tate and talking to the women kind of reminded me that actually it's not really about him because there'll be another one like him. There'll be way more. It's just that the internet is a breeding ground for that exact type of controversial, self-styled, self-help guru who's going to address a demographic that feel completely lost and maybe that they haven't been addressed. I'm quite interested also in the impact that this is having on young people. There's been a lot of talk, hasn't there, about how impactful Andrew Tate is or isn't being in schools. You mentioned that a lot of his followers are that kind of teenage boy demographic. You've been speaking to teachers about what they're seeing within schools. What are you picking up from them on how salient the Andrew Tate effect is in schools? What's interesting is that on the one hand, you don't want to say every child is in the grip of Andrew Tate because that would be to overstate the problem. But I spoke to teachers across the whole of the UK and a lot of them said, yes, there are some boys and in some cases they said about half of the 15, 16 year olds that they teach are talking about Andrew Tate as somehow impressed by him. He is on their radar. Mm. And one particular teacher at a school said that he'd never seen anyone have the grip on the boys like Andrew Tate has, anyone in the public eye, any celebrity. So that was quite interesting and quite sort of sobering. But they were saying it's not necessarily translating into their real world actions lots. It's just that that person becomes someone that could be a hero to them as they get older and they could follow him through to much darker things. At this point, they were saying it's terrifying because they are like, what's wrong with him? Yeah, he drives fast cars. He's got girlfriends, all of the things that we've just discussed. But what they're worried about is that it might lead to a sort of misunderstanding about how to treat women, Mm. that it might create a kind of generation of men who don't really understand why someone like Andrew Tate is not a good thing and not what we need for the future Mm. and and doesn't lead to equality. And actually, there's something much more pernicious about what he's saying. And I think they're just too young to understand that. But there were lots of boys who the teachers said to have no interest in him and know he's coming from a different place to what he says he is and think he's really stupid. And they said the majority of girls were really unimpressed with Andrew Tate, which I found heartening. But obviously, that's not to say that won't change. But it was also really interesting that there's a woman who runs a social enterprise called Bold Voices. And she's been going into schools, trying to talk to children and teenagers about the effect of Andrew Tate without saying he's bad Mm -hmm. or he's good. Yeah. Because that's so alienating. Because, of course, some of the things that Andrew Tate believes in, you could out of context say are good or make sense. So they've been trying to unpick those things, talk a bit about masculinity, talk a bit about maybe other ways that these boys could feel less lost and have better role models. So that's really interesting too. There's just no point saying to your children, he's scum, forget about him, because that probably isn't going to work. Yeah, you need to kind of engage with where this is coming from and maybe what they feel they're needing. Exactly, what the gap is in society that he has been allowed to flourish like that. And she was saying there are rising numbers of girls who also think, yeah, yeah, it makes sense what he's saying. And feminism is a bit weird and why do we have it? And so it is just about talking to children all the time and not just writing off Andrew Tate as someone that we don't need to engage with. You mentioned, Kesha, that in many ways, Andrew Tate is probably fulfilling a role or stepping into a gap which other people could also fill. And there are other men and some women sort of espousing quite similar views, ideologies. Who else is in the picture here? Someone that springs to mind is Jordan Peterson. In many ways, they're not comparable at all. They have very different views and the way they operate in the populist sphere is very, very different. But what's interesting is that he's a clinical psychologist who has lots of experience. 
and he's written this sort of rules for life. And then you've got Andrew Tate, who has these sort of 41 tenets that he likes to live by. And they both have this sense that masculinity is in crisis. I don't believe that Andrew Tate truly thinks that necessarily. I think it's opportunistic. And I don't know what Jordan Peterson truly thinks. But what's interesting to me is that he is the sort of acceptable face of this view that masculinity needs to be addressed, that there are swathes of men floating around in the abyss without anyone paying attention to them, that maybe we've gone too far into feminism. We're not really engaging with men in the way we should be. Jordan Peterson has said, for example, that, you know, maybe the left wing won't admit that men are in power just because they're better at it. That's something that, you know, you could sort of link to some of the things that Andrew Tate says, which is just that men are just strong leaders, women aren't. They're very subtle comparisons, but I do think that Jordan Peterson is someone that a lot of men, and men who have surprised me by being quite compelled by him, and in that sense, both have become incredibly famous for quite similar reasons. And Jordan Peterson, when I first saw a picture of him, is a lot older than I had assumed. I wonder if they also hit slightly different demographics. You know, maybe Andrew Tate hitting that sort of teenage boy and Jordan Peterson maybe bringing in or addressing an older group of men. Absolutely. And I think because he's perceived as an intellectual, he's a clinical psychologist, there's a sort of legitimacy to that. And he can't just be pushed aside and called a charlatan. And, and that's fine. You know, people want to engage with some of his ideas, but they do have a sort of undercurrent of women have got a bit above their station. I think that's fair to say. Mm. Whereas Andrew Tate is much more brash. He's just out there saying, get hot girls, drive fast cars, work hard. And that is very, very simple. Whereas Jordan Peterson's ideas are much more complicated. You could say more cerebral. And I think they do cover two completely different generations. But the common thread is that it's about men and men who aren't fulfilling their potential and that we as women need to stand back and let them have their time. Kasia, thanks so much for coming on. You're always brilliantly articulate about these things and it is a really, really good read. Thank you for having me on. That's all from us for this week. You can follow Kasia's reporting as well as breaking news, in-depth features and insightful political analysis at inews.co.uk. As ever, we would love to hear your feedback, so do drop us a line at podcasts at inews.co.uk. I'm Molly Blackall. You can find me on Twitter at Molly Blackall and on Instagram at molly.blackall. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.